give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back for another brand new episode of the Draft Dak NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tulliba, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Gim. Albert, how are we doing today, bro? Dude, I was just telling Corey, I, I'm coming out of an hour 40 in traffic here in Los Angeles. Things are freaking beautiful, but I'm, I'm really excited to talk about Jared Butler today because, I mean, he's kind of boring, but I kind of like that. Right, like I, I think people sleep on the boring guys. Jared Butler's kind of boring, but he's freaking awesome. And I'm ready. As hard as I was on Kai yesterday, I'm about to be really high on Jared Butler. So um, I'm ready to go, Corey. Let's go. You know what? Jared Butler is boring if you don't appreciate beautiful, yeah, basketball. Right, but if you're if you're a fan of really aesthetically pleasing basketball players you're gonna enjoy jared butler i personally enjoy jared butler i i think that a lot of us have been sleeping on how much value he he brought this year and how much value he will bring in the nba so i'm ready to get right into it jared butler is i would say a combo guard out of baylor uh he is a junior guard 20 years old on draft day so he although he is a junior he actually is a year younger than most juniors. Uh, he's a few weeks older than James Booknight for, you know, a little comparison there. He measured in at 6'3 and 3 quarters, 190 with a 6'4 wingspan. You kind of wish the wingspan was a little bit longer. That would be that would be nice, but not the end of the world. Uh, he averaged 16.7 points per game, 3.3 rebounds, 4.8 assists, 2.8 turnovers, 2 steals, 0.4 blocks. So uh, awesome production, 47, 42, 78 shooting splits, true shooting percentage is 60. So highly efficient was the 2021 final four most outstanding player, big 12, all defense consensus, first team, all American NC double a champion. Wow. Let's go. Jared Butler. That's wow. a resume. That's a resume. Wow. Preseason rankings. Bleacher Report had him at 40. <laughs> ESPN had him at 27. SB Nation had him at 29. Bleacher Report currently has him at 22. So he jumped 18 spots on Bleacher Report's board this year. ESPN has him at 20. It's a seven-spot jump. SB Nation didn't have him in the top 30 of their mock. The Ringer has him at 27, and when we did the draft deck, cumulative big board, he came in at 30, but that was when he was, oh, there was a little bit of the health concerns right. that was up in the air. Uh, otherwise, I think he would have gone earlier. Mm-hmm. So average stock price, preseason 32, postseason 26. So Albert, I ask you, is Jared Butler's stock price too high, too low? Or at 26, is it just 
right? Um, Jared Butler is the classic. Like, remember last year during the pandemic when Disney's Disney snuck it just totally tanked and people smart people were buying up Disney stock because they knew Disney stock would rise again. That's how I view Jared Butler because Jared Butler. Yeah. He had that little scare, right? We were a little worried about his heart condition. Didn't know how things were going to be, but Jared Butler is kind of this year's all reliable. He proved himself over three seasons at Baylor with constant growth and improvement over those three years that he spent in Butler. And he really kind of hit his apex in, as, as a college player um, his final year. And, you know, as you mentioned, he won, he won, you know, most outstanding player in the tournament. He had a great tournament. I thought he had a great season. I loved watching his tape and you're right, Corey. I think on our big board, he would have been a lot higher than 30th if, if, because when we did the big board, we weren't sure if he was going to play in the NBA or not. And so with what we know now with him being cleared and with us going back into the tape and watching him, I'm, I'm in love, man. Like Jared Butler for me, would you say 26, right? 26 postseason draft stock, 26 on the draft Too low for me, for sure. I have him higher than 26 on my personal board. So too low for me. Agreed. He's too low for me. He's so smooth. He's so crafty. So intelligent. He plays both sides. Younger than you think for a junior. And now that he's cleared, he's too low. I'll tell you, man, that fucking Baylor backcourt was mean. Yes, sir. That was a that is a mean, mean <laughs> backcourt. It's it's not. You don't want to look at the other side of a of a college basketball game and have Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler and Macy Oteague. That that's a badass team. Uh, let's get into the scouting report, and mm-hmm. I want to start with the shooting. What'd you see from Butler as a shooter? clean oh my god i jared butler has one of those shots that it's just it's pure it's clean it's simple it's compact it's so repeatable it is so consistent i like him shooting from three i like him shooting from deep three i like him shooting from the mid-range i feel like wherever he's one of those guys where wherever he's shooting for from on the floor his form can just stays consistent stays the same he I, as a shooter, Corey, I, I was so in love. Like I, I wasn't expecting to like his mid-range shooting as much as I did. Um, just like co- going back into the tape, like I, I loved it. I love his footwork. I love his work rate off ball, getting open, getting to his spots. His teammates did a great job. Davian, our boy Davion Mitchell, did a great job of finding him in the corner. Easy buckets, easy three pointers, easy corner three pointers. I, I love it all, man. He, him as a shooter. It's not, you know, it's not like crazy exciting, but for me, it was like, that's going to be the theme with Jared Butler today. If you're an adult, you're going to like Jared Butler. Is that, is that weird to say? Like, he's like (laughs) fine wine, man. Like if you can get into Jared Butler's tape and appreciate Jared Butler, you're an adult because he is such an adult on the court and his shooting was that so consistent, stays the same. He's like the, he's like an old man. Like, no matter what happens, he's cool, he's calm, he's collected. He's Denzel Washington with bombs exploding left and right. He stays exactly the same. I love Jared Butler as a shooter to begin with. Yeah, I, I'm going to echo that. I mean, it, it really, like, the consistency in the footwork and the release, it really does stand out when you're just watching jumper after jumper. Like, you could just like superimpose green screen the same jumper into every clip and it wouldn't look all that different than what happened in reality right and 
I love that he can hit shots going left. I love that he could hit shots going right. He's got the mean kind of uh, dribble pull up hezzy. You know, he's 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 got the mean off the bounce game. Um, and you mentioned like that he's effective off the ball too. Like he's running off the ball as a shooter. And I think playing off a guy like Davian shows how effortlessly like Butler's going to thrive in the NBA because he's going to be able to carve out a role where he may not be the main guy. He may be playing off of Steph in Golden State and and Clay. He might be playing off of, you know, some of these these playoff teams uh, in that kind of 12 to, to 20, 25 range, right? And he's going to be able to do that seamlessly. Um, so that was really impressive. And and especially what I like about the movement, like you don't look at Jared Butler and think athletic freak, right? But when he's coming off movement, he's coming down off a pin down, backstream, whatever, and he's curling or if he's coming off a DHO, now he's got you right where he wants you. Because now he's got he's he's making the big play this little cat and mouse game and now you know he can get to the mid-range jumper he can get to a floater he can make the pocket pet you know he can do all the little crafty things where he's just got you right where he wants you and and i love that now the other thing like we're talking about the off the ball but again he can play on the ball right i mean and and he might not have the shake of cj of cj mccollum right He, he might not have that that left to right shake but the handle's tight. Mm-hmm. So the handle's tight. And although he, he, it might not be as flashy as some of the other guys, he's still making all of these really beautiful moves. Effective. He's got that it, effective. He's got the quick spin and he'll do like, he'll throw the ball out in front and snatch it back and, and hit, hit the big with the spin. Um, and he plays within himself. So like he could do like, he averaged, what he averaged uh almost 17 a game but mm-hmm. you put him on a team and you tell him to get a get buckets he could be at 22 points a game he could have mm-hmm. done that but he plays mm-hmm. within himself you know he doesn't hunt shots necessarily the way that our guy cam who we also are really high on hunted shots right he played within right. himself and that comes from as you mentioned being an adult <laughs> you know like he he <laughs> has the experience and he has the winning mentality that it doesn't have to be about him it could it's about the team and how how does the team get the best shot available sometimes that's him getting the shot and sometimes it's it's about playing off others so i i think he's going to be a really effective shooting um i thought i thought it's weird that he only shot 78 percent from the free throw line i'm obviously not mm-hmm. concerned but he mm-hmm. he looks like a guy that should be like 85 86 percent right yeah no, but Corey, I will say, <laughs> we talk about the consistency. Three years in college, he shot 79, 77, 78. He stays consistent, yeah. even with his free throw shooting. Um, <laughs> I did, I did want to go back to what you said. Um, I love his handle. Like, I, I genuinely love his handle because I remember back in high school, one of my close friends, Phil, he said to me, I find a lot of joy in the simple things in life. And, and I don't know why that saying never left me. And that's exactly how I feel about Jared Butler. Jared Butler, yeah, he's not Trey Mann, 
right? He's not Trey Mann. Yeah. He's not going to do that crazy. He doesn't have that crazy shake. But does that mean he has no shake? Absolutely not. There are some possessions that you, like he would go at bigs. He would go at guards and he was aggressive about it. And he would get a little nasty, a little saucy with it. And he would get by his man. I We haven't talked about his finishing at the rim, which is, you know, yeah, a little bit of a weakness. It. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weakness. I, I will say he's not like an amazing finisher at the rim, but... But we talk about that handle. Sometimes he'll use that handle to his advantage, get to the cup. And there were a couple of possessions. I don't remember who I was watching him play against. But he went right at the big, went right into his chest, and mm-hmm. used his old man strength to get the ball into the bucket. Right? And so for me, like Jared Butler, once again, the theme for Jared Butler tonight as we break him down is going to be he may not be spectacular, but he is goddamn good at basketball. And so I, I want to reiterate that point with the with the uh, with the handle. Corey, I, I like his handle a lot in terms of the free throw shooting. I think he's only going to improve because, yeah, maybe his free throw shooting kind of stayed consistent. But what I loved three point shooting. Went up every single year on more attempts every single year. Actually, his his junior season, he shot a little less, but still 41% from three. I love that. Man. Also wanted to throw in the fact that he averaged 4.8 assists. Um, and you, mm-hmm. you mentioned Corey. He's a guy that can go, go out and get you 22 points. I also feel like if he wanted to, and he's playing in a different system, he's a guy that can also get you eight, nine assists a game. He's that type of player where I feel like he's so well-rounded, and, and yeah, which is personal. why we keep... Right, which is why we keep using terms like he's an adult because he's so well-rounded. He's a guy that plays. He, he's he's really kind of grown and matured in so many different aspects and levels of the game. And so I, I'm sorry, this is a long rant, but I, I just I, I love it all, man. I love it all. And the finishing is one thing that I'd like to hear you talk about, Corey, because I wanted to hear what you saw because I thought his finishing, you know, it is a little inconsistent. He is a below the rim finisher, but at the same time. There were some moments when he was like, that's good. That's clean. Like we saw with Davion. Davion's a great below-the-rim finisher, a lot of savvy, great with angles. And I thought Jared Butler, yeah, he's not an elite finisher at the rim, but I thought there was promise, and he's not like nightmarish at the rim either. All right, so it might shock you to know he finished 64% of his close twos. Look that's at that. pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Now, so he's got the handle. He's got the craft. He has the change of pace. He's got the IQ and he could do it one-on-one or he could do it playing off screens. So he has no problem getting into the paint. He's got all the methods to the madness to get into the paint. He's got the spin move, you know, to get guys off balance. I think that he is going to be a sufficient enough finisher. I think that despite the 64%, he might struggle a little bit initially because like you said, he is below the rim. And when you, Go back to Davion. The thing with Davion is twofold. One, Davion has elite, elite first step, elite quickness. So he's going to have the ability to beat guys to the spot in a way that Jared Butler isn't. Jared Butler is not slow, but he's not elite like Davion is when it comes to getting from one spot to the next, like off burst. That straight line you know, speed is unbelievable. That straight for line, Davion. yeah. yeah. It, it's and to me with Davion, it's. It's something that I don't know if we're just the only ones who have seen it or people don't appreciate how good and how above a lot of the other guards in this class he is and how beneficial that's going to be for him. So he doesn't have that where he's just going to beat guys to the spot. The other thing is, and I think this is one of the things where you look at him as a finisher and you go, all right, he's going to have to improve. And this is why he might struggle. He really 
tries to get to his right hand mm-hmm. on finishes. Now, I'm not saying that he's Killian Hayes beating the left or Denny Avdia to the right and he can't go to his left. He can. He's in, in a bunch of scenarios. But he he typically likes to go to the right side. So it's a little bit easier when you get to the NBA level to be able to to force guys off the scouting report into where they're weakest. And that for Jared Butler is going left. And he doesn't, again, he doesn't have that that burst to be able to create that extra space. And this is where he's going to have trouble when, you know, you can have somebody who it's like, all right, maybe he hit you with a change of pace and he got you off balance. But like Joel Embiid's length is going to be able to recover in time to, to mm-hmm. get to that left side where it, things might not be as solid as if he had to get to the right and he's more comfortable and he can get, you know, the hit him with the angles and the spin off the backboard and all that. So I do think that the left-handed finishes are something that he's going to have to work on for sure. Um, But I also think that he's got an underrated float game. And I think that that's going to be something that, you know, we see right away as really beneficial for him coming in. I mean, it's been a big time shot. A lot of the guards are coming in, having it now. And we saw how, you know, a guy like uh, Emmanuel quickly came in and and killed people with it. We saw how devastating it was for Trey young in the playoffs. And especially Jared Butler is a guy who can pass a little bit off it too. Like, you know, these lob threats that, that threat for the, the little float game, if he has it, I think he's going to be able to do, you know, obviously he's not the elite playmaker that Trey is, but I think he's going to be able to kind of hit guys for the oops as well. So uh, that's kind of my opinion on, on the finishing, but I, I think he's going to be fine. I I'm not worried about it. I think he'll get better at it. I think it'll be a process to begin with. Correct. Correct. I I think Corey, we, we started off the pod singing his praises and I think deservedly. So we're talking about a very good prospect, but once again, he's not a perfect prospect and I think he's going to come into the league and yeah, he's a junior, but as you mentioned a little bit younger for a junior, this is going to be one aspect of his game. He's going to need to work on. Right. And that that's part of our job too, as draft analysts to look for the holes, right. To see where he needs to improve. And I think that's where Jared Butler needs to improve a little bit. But once again, you and I are both saying the same thing where he showed glimpses, and you mentioned 64% at the rim. That's pretty good. But also, he showed glimpses of that growth that we're looking for and that next step that he's going to take on the next level. I, 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 there were a couple of possessions. I was like, that's freaking awesome. You mentioned the floater stuff, the aggressiveness, the savvy. Like there, There's real reason to be optimistic about his finishing. But at the same time, when we look at the objective stats, the fact that he's 6'3", right? He's got a mm-hmm. 6'4 wingspan. He's not even not 200 pounds. Like, you know, he... he He's not the biggest guy and he's not the most explosive guy. And I think that's up to him to keep working on those things and to develop in those areas. And if he can, we're talking about a really, really elite prospect here. And so I I think you and I are just really, really high on him right now, but that's one area for him to work on. So I'm with you. I'm on board with that. Yeah. And you see like the lack of athletic tools like show up, I think in the free throw numbers, you know, like Davion, he doesn't get to the free throw line a lot, three attempts a game. So it's, you know, it's, you would like for him to be at like five. Like that would be an awesome number for both guys in the backcourt. But, you know, they, they did a lot of their work elsewhere. Uh, Let's talk about the playmaking. You know, I mentioned it a little bit coming off playing with the float, you know, throwing alley-oops, a lot of alley-oops in Baylor games. Mm -hmm. You know, these are guys who had kind of a a NBA style roster and, and the wherewithal to know how to use it. Right. 
what were your impressions about Jared Butler as a playmaker? I think he was, you mentioned him playing within himself. I thought he did a great job of, of picking his spots. I thought he did a really good job of balancing out the, the burden and the, just the app, the workload as a creator on the offensive side. I thought, I thought Butler did a great job of, sorry, not Butler, Baylor did a great job of balancing those responsibilities between Butler, between Davion and, and even the, even the white dude, uh, mayor, right. Is that his name? Yeah. Mayor, I think. Yep. Yeah. Even Come him, on. he, yeah, he even he was like kind of like Joe Inglesy and was given a lot of responsibility as a as like a tertiary playmaker. And he had some he had some high moments, too. I thought I, I was actually kind of interested in him. But I thought Butler in, in, in the moments where he was an initiator and in, in moments when he was creating plenty of vision like not of course, we're not talking about Luka Doncic, Sharif Cooper levels of vision, but plenty of playmaking ability and once again I, like I, I just love the fact that he has the versatility to do both like we're talking about a league right now where almost every team is looking for multiple ball handlers I, I just can't understand why teams in the lottery wouldn't be interested in a guy like Jared Butler when he would be amazing as a as a either primary or secondary or tertiary playmaker like he's such a chameleon offensively and and, and just talking about the playmaking too does a great job of I, I, in my opinion I thought the stuff that they that he was doing out of the pick and roll I thought was really savvy. I thought he did a really really good job. I thought he did a great job of distributing the ball all over to Mayer, to Davion, to Vital, to whoever. You know, he it's it's kind of like that thing where the reason why we love classic point guards like Chris Paul is because Chris Paul knows when to get it to the big. He can still feel that out, right? There's still mm-hmm. moments where you see the big running, you want to give him you want you, you see him running down the court, you want to pay him. You want to pay him off from giving that effort and dump it down to the big. I thought Jared Butler had that. I thought he did a great job of spreading the wealth to all his teammates. And that's kind of something that's almost becoming a lost art in our league. And I think our league, like I play in the NBA, but I, I like, you know, I feel like it's kind of becoming a lost art. And I love that he had that in his game. And so as a playmaker, dude, subtle, savvy, kind of nuanced, but I loved it. I was in love. Yeah, uh, agreed. Again, five assists a game, you know, sharing a backcourt. It's really impressive. Eight assists a game in high school. You mentioned the the pick and roll stuff. He's able to do all the pick and roll stuff, pocket passes, uh, lobs, and then the really impressive stuff, which is coming off the screen and whipping those hits to the weak side side shooter, right? And he's got that. He, He has that, you know, and look, he played three years in college, so it's he should have it right but he does so like that's a good thing it's not something that like obviously there's an adjustment at the nba but it's not a theoretical skill that he hasn't shown he showed that ability to make those advanced reads now what separates and you mentioned like sharif so what separates him from sharif and and giddy or what separates giddy and sharif from jared butler as like a passer is kind of like his his finishing he doesn't have the left-handed stuff yet, right? Like Sharif and Giddy showed off a bunch of times, like that live dribble, left-handed whip pass. And Jared Butler, when he makes those passes going to his left, he does right. it as like a, a hop in the air and use like both hands, almost like a soccer throw in to the corner. So like, it's good that he recognizes that those are the hits, but a lot of times in the NBA level with the speed so quickly, you need to make that off a live dribble pass. And 
I think that he knows that he needs to work on that. Obviously, he he knows that that's the read a lot of times, but that's what separates him from a guy who you think maybe is like exclusively your point guard to a guy who you want to run that multi ball handler system with and is more of like that combo guard um, who can initiate offense sometimes. But look, he's grown as a passer, and I think you're going to see him continue to grow in the NBA. I, I, I think he's a, a really, really, really good offensive player. I, it, you know, he, it's hard to find flaws in his, his offensive game. You know, it's, it's like, he does a little bit of everything. Like you said, he's a chameleon. I I mean, the, the biggest flaw, I guess, is his, you know, he's a little right-hand dominant at times and you wish he got to the free throw line more. But um, I, I think just what he brings to any team is like, this kid's a lock. Yeah. He's the, a lock. I mean, Corey, the, the, the amazing thing is we haven't even gotten to the defensive side yet. Yeah. And, and, we're, and gonna, like, we're about the, to. And we're, go, we're going to. We're about to. And there's a lot to talk about there. And there's more to like over there, too, on that side of the ball. And, and I just want to reiterate, like, as it, I, I, like, I don't, I don't think teams are going to be looking at him as like an offensive hub, but. I don't think that means he doesn't have the potential to one day be an offensive hub. Like, I, I think I think he, he's such a clean shooter. He's such a clean ball handler. He's such a clean facilitator of the offense. I don't see why he can't develop into one day being that type of offensive hub, that go-to guy on offense who kind of initiates everything that you do offensively. And then on, on top of that, if you're a team that already has like a main creator, like, okay, Example, like let's say you're the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. You're telling me Jared Butler can't play next to Trey Young? He can. He oh, won be thousand. It would be fucking be killer. Exactly. It would be amazing. Like if if Butler is there at twenty and the Hawks take him, I, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be that's so silly. Yeah, that'd happens. be silly. Yeah. And, and my thing is, that's the type of offensive. Like we we talk about all these young guys and their ceilings, all these young guys and their potential. And then if, if it's someone who's like 20, 21, 22, we're like, okay, like we kind of know what they are. I don't believe that at all. Like even like a guy like Chris Duarte, he's coming into the league at 24. How do we know he's a finished product? Cam Johnson came into the league as an old guy and look at how much he developed in the league. And so that's exactly how I feel about Jared Butler. He's already so advanced. And the fact that he's going to get better, in my opinion, and I, and I feel really convinced that he's going to get better, that, that's, that's terrifying as an offensive player. Totally. And look, I'm not saying take him at 10 if you're the Pelicans, but like if you're trying to surround Zion with these guys that are going to help you win and you're looking at the draft as an avenue to do that, like how is Jared Butler not a conversation you're having? Because again, like, all right, so he might not be playing off of the right backcourt partner in new Orleans, but like he's playing off of Zion as a creator and and then he can create for Zion too. You put him and Zion and pick and rolls together, devastating, you know, be it, uh, you know, coming off a little handoff where Zion rolls to the rim. And now you're, it's it's like, what do you do? Because Butler's going to be able to make that pass. And if not, he's going to have an open shot Uh, or, you know, you spread the floor for him and let Zion get downhill as, and use him as an outlet for kickouts. Like, so I think the Pelicans should consider him as a, a viable option. I mean, he's he's a just a, a really good basketball player. And whether you take him at 10 or you, you try to trade down a little bit to a range where you still think you can get him and pick up some assets, I don't know. I think that's worth the risk versus, you know, taking some guys that maybe aren't as sure a thing. But, uh, you know, we'll see how the draft board falls. Yeah. 
let's talk about his defense. Okay. So he isn't the on-ball menace that Davion was uh, as far as just like hawking you and getting up in your shit and just like pestering you to to the fact that you're going to make a mistake without even, you know, getting to half court. But he was fucking awesome on that end too, yeah. right? He was first team all defense. He moves his feet incredibly well. He's got mm-hmm. active hands. Right. The balance, the footwork, really impressive. Doesn't bite on pump fakes. He closes out well. I mean, how effective can Jared Butler be on the ball at the NBA level? Corey, the thing for me is like, you know you have a good prospect when the positives on the offensive side also apply to the positives on the defensive side. Is how I feel about Jared Butler. Like, what do we talk about offensively? So consistent, so savvy, so smart. He shows that on the defensive side too. Like, I loved him on ball. Now, like, I, I thought personally, like, yeah, you're right. He's not Davion. And to hit, going back and watching more Davion, I'm like, man, were we too low on Davion? Like, I, I think you and I are so <laughs> high on Davion. And I'm still kind of like, yeah, like he can be even better. It was unbelievable to watch. And so once again, Corey, what, like you mentioned, I think it's so impressive that a six foot three guy and a six foot guy in Davion Mitchell, that these two guys spearheaded a defense and were absolutely menacing. They were so goddamn good as the as as a point of attack defensively together. It was unbelievable. You talk about effort and energy. He had it all. You talk about Mm -hmm. consistency. He had it. A work rate. Uh, You mentioned the footwork. You mentioned the hands. Yeah, he only has a six four wingspan, and that might be kind of like a weakness, I guess. Like I I think one of my concerns for him defensively is like he might struggle against bigger guys, bigger wings. Right. That's definitely going to be hard. I was going to ask you, like, like how many positions is he going to guard? I, I, I think he's really like a point guard defender. Like I think he can maybe he, he I think he can guard twos as well, but he does lack some length. Um, so I, I, it may be a little bit harder for him to bother shots. But you talk about him having to guard a Dame Lillard, a Steph Curry, a Trey Young. Jared Butler is going to be able to do that. I'm not saying that he's going to lock those guys down, but if you need a perimeter defender to guard those types. Why look farther than Jared Butler? He's going to be great at it. I think he's going to be a really rock-solid defender against smaller guards because of the work rate, the savvy, and the consistency. And what more do you need from a defender, right? Like, we talk about all these different characteristics as a defender. He's kind of got it all wrapped Mm. The thing that he's missing, though, is like the elite jumping, the elite wingspan, sure. But he kind of makes up for, for the fact that you know what you're getting every single time down the floor as a defender. And that that's the highest praise I can give him. Yeah. I mean, look, you said I think he can guard twos. I do think he'll be able to guard twos, especially like you look at some twos like Bradley Beal is tiny. He's a tiny that's dude, true. you know, like, yeah, if Chris Middleton is considered maybe a two in some lineups, that's tough, right? He's going to get back down, turn around, fade away. But some of the guys who are more like a lot of these twos are in that six, four, six, four and a half range now. And um, so I, I think that he's going to be a guy who is just kind of the the backcourt defender. I do think, like you said, he's going to pester point guards. Um, and one of the things, though, that that I like is that he gets up in you and all right, he might not have that crazy wingspan but if he's up in your in your shirt and he's closing the distance right now that length doesn't really matter anymore 
I mean, obviously it's still great, but like he's closing the distance a little bit. He's, he's able to stay with you and be on your hip. Then the, the wingspan doesn't have to be there. He doesn't have to back up. So if, if he's able to do that and it's going to be harder in the NBA, you're going to have guys that are really fast at the NBA level. And, and when you do that, sometimes you're going to get, uh, going to get burned. So hopefully he goes to a team where there's help, but I, I think that he's smart enough and he's going to position himself in enough ways that he's going to be effective, whether he's guarding ones or twos, but again, he's really impressive. And then moving on, like, let's talk about the off ball stuff, mm-hmm. right? Great instincts. And he has the ability to make quick decisions, but he's also just great at being in the right spots and just right. understanding the nuances of team D defenses. And it goes back to the IQ. It's apparent on and off the ball. Right. And, you know, we look, we, the last episode, we talked about a guy in Kai Jones who is really raw right? and he's got all those athletic gifts that Jared Butler doesn't have, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know where to be all the time. And if that stuff is really hard to learn and it is, and once it clicks, it clicks, I think, but that stuff is, is hard to learn, but Jared Butler is going to be, he's going to be able to adjust to the NBA principles really fast because he showed off the IQ to do it. And he's a guy who's gotten better on, on every, you know, both ends every single year, you know, when, when GMs had questions last year about his defense, he got better at it. Right. And was on the defensive team. So I love his off ball defense. Uh, What stood out to you about his, about his off ball stuff? No, I mean, you mentioned it. It's like he, he's the, the, you know, we, whenever we talk about Jalen Suggs, we always say coach's dream. Right. We, we say that a lot for Jalen Sucks. I'm like, Jared Butler kind of deserves the same type of praise. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of the coach's son. He's kind of the coach's dream where you watch him defensively on ball, off ball. He's ex- exactly what you said. He knows exactly where to be. And he takes that responsibility and that burden upon himself to be great on ball and off ball. You see it, man. You see the coverages. You see him helping weak side. You see him digging. You see him doing all kinds of things. And you're like, yeah, the roll, like, getting back. Yeah. Yep. And he's not a big guy. And he's like, I'm about it. He's all over the place. And Corey, you made a great point, and you made me eat crow on this one. Like I, 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 I realized the point that I wanted to make was where he lacks in wingspan, he does get up in your shit. He's all up in there, and he does a great job of making up for the fact that he has shorter arms by being all up in you. I, I think that's a great point that you made, and he does that. And then off ball too, like he, he he's reading stuff. He he knows where exactly to be. Like it's just it's so impressive. And so, like, even with that, and we talk about defense, and I, I think a lot of, de- like, defense is obviously being able to read what's happening, you know, positioning yourself well, but also it's giving a shit. It's actually caring, yeah. right? And digging in and doing That's the work. Right. And Butler does that, man. And, and, and I love that because, as you mentioned, it shows on ball and off ball. He's paying attention. He is engaged. He's not going to go silent. He's not going to be ghosting on the defensive side either, which is kind of the problem that I have with Kai Jones on both sides of the ball. Jared Butler's showing himself. And, and I love the physicality. He doesn't have the chest that Davion has, but he'll put his chest into you too. There oh, was yeah. a couple of possessions against Texas where I saw he was going in on Matt Coleman and Andrew Jones. He he was chest to chest with them and he's like, no, 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 you guys are not going to get an easy shot here. I'm up on you. And and I thought that was really, really impre- impressive about Jared Butler and it showed whether it was on ball or off ball, man. I, I, can't, I can't sing his praises enough, man. I, I'm realizing he really is one of my guys. Yeah, he's. I think he's one of my guys too. Uh, a little late in the process, but I, 
better late than never. I mean, right. two steals a game, awesome yeah. number, and that's on and off ball, reading, weak side, getting in the passing lanes. He's really quick, like where he might not be like have that super elite first step. I did right. think he had this awesome anticipation on mm-hmm. on the weak side coming uh playing the passing lanes where it you know he looked like a cornerback you know reading uh the the play the whole time and just getting the ball for the pick six so uh love that love his defense like you said great he's he's a coach's dream right and he's gonna i think he's gonna continue to be um do you think that jared butler could be an instant impact player for a a hundred percent one last point that I wanted to make about him defensively, considering okay. the brand of defense that he plays, the fact that he only averaged 2.4 fouls per game, I was even impressed by that, Corey. Like, yeah. you watch you watch the full games. Dude, he is up in their crap, dude. He is playing such intense defense that you might expect him to be averaging more fouls a game, and he did it. And I think that's a credit to... It's oh, Baylor defense. That was Baylor <laughs> defense this year, man. Up in you. God, in your chest. Damn it. It was a. It definitely was a team. There was a team ethos to that. But um, to your question, Corey, I think he can be an instant contributor. Whether he's your third guard off the bench or you're a rebuilding team and you want him to be in your starting lineup, working with a point guard or being your point guard. Of course, I'm not saying he's going to walk in and be an all star, average 15 points a game. I don't believe that at all. But he has such a great basement and floor of tools within his arsenal that he's going to be able to affect the NBA game, whether that's Mm -hmm. offensively or defensively. So when it comes to instant impact, I wouldn't, if I was a team that drafted him, I would not be afraid to put him on the NBA floor. Meanwhile, a guy like Kai Jones, I wouldn't let him sniff the floor for three years. Right. So that's the difference for for me when it comes to Jared Butler. Yeah. He's going to like, he could be this year as quickly for me. Where, you know, under the radar, upperclassmen who can kind of come in and help a team make shots right away. But he brings the other stuff to the table, too, that I think is really going to help out. And now, look, I, I mentioned New Orleans. A team like Oklahoma City has a pick at 16 and 18. If they take fucking, like, wow. Kai Jones or, like, Zaire Williams ahead of Jared Butler, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Yeah, me too. Live. At the Barclay Center in Brooklyn, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna lose my goddamn shit because Jared Butler. You talk about like him being more the size of a point guard, and you could pair him with Shea Gilgis Alexander, Jeff's kiss. who is six oh six and the size of a shooting guard, and you could let that those two guys play off each other, and and again you could bring him in as the third guard behind Kemba and and Shea yeah. right now. I mean, come on. Come mm. on. Mm. Look, I get the, the upside swing. Take Sometimes, though, take a really, really good basketball player who will be a really, really good compliment to your really, really great basketball player. Sometimes the upside swing, like sometimes when you're swinging for homers, you strike out. Mm-hmm. And and I get it. You got multiple swing, you know, at bats if you're OKC. But all the more reason to me to take, you know, a guy like, Jared Butler with one of those picks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if he lands there and I get, there might be some surprises and guys dropping and, and look, he might not be the best talent on the board, but he's mm-hmm. probably going to be the best talent on the board at one of those picks. So yeah. all I'm saying is I would love to see that kind of pairing <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be incredibly upset potentially yeah. 
on draft night. Um, all right. It's time. Mm-hmm. Sell me this pen. Okay. On Jared okay. Butler. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. So, uh, sir, madam, uh, whoever I'm speaking to, uh, are you a connoisseur of um, high level uh, NBA basketball? Do you like uh, nuance? Do you like maturity? Do you like um, looking at beautiful things? You know, are you one of those people that really truly finds a lot of joy in the simple things in life and also the extravagant things in life? Then you'll be a huge fan of Jared Butler. Jared Butler will come into the league and he may not have all the flash and the pop and stance of other, other, other prospects, but he is an everyday man. He is a consistent performer. He is a Toyota Camry that you know will always, always be reliable and never break down on you. That is a Jared Butler. And he is an absolute dream of a player. Your coach will love coaching him. Your fans will love cheering for them. Your t- your your players will love playing with him. He's he's just a wonderful, wonderful prospect. And if you're into those things, then you should draft Jared Butler. But a, a souped up whatever car you were talking about (laughs) (laughs) that's true okay you know got some rims on it he's got some rims he's got maybe some you know some graphics or something i don't know i don't know Mm. what's cool with spinners spinners yeah (laughs) shout out latrell sprewell um (laughs) if you're buying stock in jared butler who may you have bought stock in previously this is actually a hard one Corey. Um, this was a hard one. Yeah. I mean, like my mind is so boring. Like it went to Andre Miller, but I, I think Andre Miller, definitely a better passer. Um, but Not like the reason, yes. Right. So the reason why my mind went to Andre Miller was like, because like Andre Miller was like kind of boring, you know, like he was kind of like, uh, he's like that. He's like, he walked into the league as an old man already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and I think like there's a little bit of that to Jared Butler where like to some people he's kind of boring, but if you pay attention He's a really goddamn good player. And Andre Miller was a guy that had a long career in the NBA, even had a 50-point game in his 30s, right? Like, I, I think I think of Jared Butler, obviously different games, much better shooter, as you mentioned, not as good a passer. But Jared Butler, also a really, really good defender. Not that Andre Miller was a bad defender. But anyway, I, I, I see him in that way, where he's going to go, uh, he's going to be a little slept on, but he's going to be really, really good if you're paying attention. I ate crow last year on Tyrese Halliburton. Right. Tyrese mm-hmm. Halliburton maybe wasn't the flashiest guy, but he was freaking great. If you were paying attention, that was on that was on me where I put too much weight in his weird shooting form. And I neglected all the beautiful other aspects of his game. And, you know, I was quick to take that response to, you know, take the, the crap for that. But that's kind of how I see Jared Butler. He's a guy that maybe won't be super extravagant, but he's going to be a goddamn good NBA player. Yeah, I like he's got the mind like the same mindset mm-hmm. as as Andre Miller and like you said mm-hmm. he's got that kind of like very mature right basketball mind. I think that he's got a lot of Malcolm Brogdon to him. Oh. Malcolm Brogdon was another guy and Malcolm Brogdon was older. Even older than Jared Butler um coming in. Jared Butler outside of his free throw shooting kind of has him beat in in percentage and even three-point shooting uh coming off this season was a better playmaker in college than brogdon and brogdon's turned himself into a fantastic playmaker now brogdon's got a little bit better size than jared butler but 
Bronson doesn't do anything flashy, mm-hmm. right? He has some moves to him, but none of the moves that are going to you know get you on House of Highlights. Right. He can knock down threes. He can finish. He could play make, and he could defend. It's not flashy, but Malcolm yeah. Brogdon's making over twenty million dollars a year because right. Malcolm Brogdon was a really fucking good basketball player. Yeah. In any normal year, would he have been rookie of the year? No. <laughs> but he's a rookie of the year, and you cannot take that away from him. Yeah. So and and he's just gotten better and become you know a a, a starting guard in the league that any team would love to have on their roster. I mean, I I think that Jared Butler is going to be the same kind of, kind of player there that is just under the radar. And you look up at his stats and you're like, Oh shit. Is he averaging that many points? Like, Oh, is he averaging that many assists? Oh, is he, is he doing this? Is he doing that? And yeah, the answer is yeah, he is. So I, I kind of think he's got some Malcolm Brogdon, but then again, he, and then he's also got a little bit of that Emmanuel quickly to him as well. Yeah. You know, the quick trigger, the deep range, the floater. But I think he's got a little bit more nuance to him than quickly does now. And quickly is a guy who played with way more uh, versatility than he showed in, in Kentucky even. Um, right. So I think he's he's got a little bit of both of those guys physically a little bit co- uh, closer to quickly. But I think game-wise, all-around game-wise, a little bit closer to, to a guy like Brogdon. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so I- – I agree with all that, man. Well, really quickly, I did want to say, um, Corey, so, you, you know, I want to give a little shout out to the Knicks wall. You know how they post that um, off-season simulator every year where you can make draft picks and you can make trades and whatever. Um, you, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, vaguely, you know. Okay, you're, okay, so. you're, the, you're the Knicks fan on, <laughs> on this show. Anyway, shout sorry. The the, Knicks wall. So the Knicks wall, they post this thing every year where fans can simulate the offseason for the Knicks. I've been taking Jared Butler at 19 every single time I, I do that damn simulator. <laughs> because my thing is, you mentioned the quickly comp, and I, and I like the quickly comp because I think he's going to have that kind of impact in his rookie season. But the thing that I like about Jared and the reason why I, I would love if the Knicks took him is because he, I think he can really play next to quickly in the future because of I, I'm just that high on his passing. Like, I really do think he can eventually one day be like an eight assists per game type of guy, you know? And then you mentioned the defense and, and like, I think he already has a better handle than quickly. I think he's a better defender than quickly. Like, not that I'm comparing the two, but when you talk about the compatibility between the two, I think, why not? You know, like I'm, I'm that high on those two playing together. And so I did want to throw that in there that I'm, I'm a huge Butler fan. And if he's still there at 19, like, I, I, I don't think it's controversial if the Knicks took him there. No, I think it would be really smart, uh, especially because I think he's a guy that'll make shots in a playoff setting, and the Knicks needed that. You know, he's a guy that, you know, he's not like Reggie Bullock and those kind of shooters who, like, are sort of lying on other people getting them shots. Like, he's got the versatility in his shot making, and I think the Knicks needed that. Uh, Also want to shout out Nathan from Draft Deeper. He's been banging the, the Jared Butler, you know, he's been the conductor on that train for, mm. for a long time. And, um, smartly because the kid yeah. is a fucking baller. Um, how volatile do you think Jared Butler is? No, no, I, I refuse. I, I reject this question. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I just the, don't think he's volatile at all. The me. only reason I ask and, yeah. uh, because as a player, I don't think, I think he's one of the least volatile stocks you could, put your uh-huh. your draft equity into the health he, he was cleared it's the health right it's the health so 
that's the only risk. But if that's, and he was cleared under a rigorous test, you know, like it took a while for him to get cleared and, and he finally got cleared. So that's the only thing I would say that adds to, you know, the volatility index. But I think the, the kid's a lock as a basketball player. He's just, yeah. he's just, a, a, he just knows how to play, man. He, he hoops, he plays basketball, however you want to frame it. He's, uh, you know, he's, the dude is, he's just a good, he's a good basketball player. And, uh, you know, I'm jealous that of whatever team gets to, to cheer for him. Uh, you know, this is the, the unfortunate thing about covering the draft when your team doesn't have a draft pick, you get FOMO of, you know, and he's yeah. one of those guys that I have FOMO on, uh, cause he's just such a smooth, seamless fit in the modern NBA. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. I'm with you, dude. I'm <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because you know NBA Twitter has been uh, exploding with the whole Rashad Phillips basketball player Hooper thing, and it just I just think it's hilarious that people get so emotional about this stuff. Like I don't, yeah, it's the internet's ah. crazy. Sh- shout out uh, to Yoda. Um, yeah. he's a friend. Um, I look. Who cares? It's it's <laughs> you want to Hooper's basketball players like. Like, who cares? Just fucking enjoy, enjoy yeah. what you. If you hate it, and like, stop arguing. Be nice to people. Be kind. Yeah, be kind, I, you know? I agree. With you. All right, um, Albert, tell tell the world where they could find you on the www's. Um, on the www's at aol.com, you could find me at Alberto Gim. Uh, is where you'll find me. Um, that's not my AIM screen name. That's my Twitter handle. <laughs> you can also find me on uh, Instagram at the same handle. And um, yeah, man, I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you can find me at the Hardwood Mag on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, YouTube, check out the Hardwood Herald for all of the scouting videos. Make sure, if you haven't yet, that you are subscribed to the draft, Hell yeah. draft podcast make sure you give us a five-star review or however many stars you think we deserve um you know rate maybe share it you know all the cool stuff that the cool kids are doing so mm-hmm. uh that's gonna do it for this episode we hope that you love jared butler as much as as we do and uh we're gonna be back next week with more prospects and more awesome content it's we're we're crossing, we're approaching oh, the yeah. finish line, right? We could see the light at the end of the tunnel. The draft's mm-hmm. coming. Exciting stuff ahead. Um, I mean, I know I'm going to put out a big board very, very soon. Oh, boy. Uh, Albert, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what your plans are. I think, mm-hmm. you know, release it. Let the world see it. Let the world <laughs> see it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of fun stuff ahead. Uh, until that time, guys, we out. Peace. Peace.